Hey there, everyone. Thanks for your attention as I reflect on the major headlines in the past few weeks. COVID variant Omicron has brought concern about another resurgence of infections, although it does appear to be less dangerous than the beta and delta variants. There's been some volatility in the markets with Bitcoin bouncing from $67,000 to $47,000 in the past 30 days. Web3 awareness is growing rapidly, and who would have guessed the metaverse hype would be a perfect complement to NFT marketplaces? I'm excited about the possibilities of metaverse experiences for healthcare applications where a patient can receive virtual treatment for behavioral health and physical therapy. In this episode, the CEO, Dr. Michael Kaldash, and Chief Operating Officer, Dr. Ben L. Idrizi of Amidus, join me to update us about some of the strategies they are taking to create a medical NFT marketplace and build the first hospital chain in the metaverse. It's important to note that Amedis already has an app made for patients, doctors, researchers, and pharmacists that is available for download in the Play and App stores. It's been three years since I interviewed Michael on Health Unchained, and it's clear his team has made significant progress since then. I recommend you check out episode six to hear about the beginnings of Amedis. The company is based in the Netherlands, and it's great to hear about their progress in making blockchain and healthcare real. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do too. If you like the content you hear and want to get involved in our community, go to t.me slash healthunchained to join our Telegram group chat. Also, I would really appreciate a reshare on Twitter and LinkedIn so this podcast can reach more people. And remember, the Health Unchained podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only, and we are not providing any sort of legal, financial, or medical advice. Please do your own research and due diligence before making any important decisions related to these matters. And now let's get to the show. Hi, I'm your host, Ray Dogan, and welcome to Health Unchained. On this show, I'll be speaking with healthcare entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and executives who are using blockchain technologies to revolutionize healthcare. These innovators are building the distributed infrastructure and diverse communities required for a trusted, secure, and decentralized healthcare ecosystem. Enjoy the show. What is blockchain? What is blockchain? What is blockchain? The doctor will see you now. Welcome to Health Unchained. On today's episode, we'll be speaking with some of the leaders of the Amedis company, blockchain healthcare company. I have with me Michael Kaldash, the CEO, and Ben L. Idrizi. And I'll let them introduce themselves and then we can dive deep into what they're working on, what's exciting. They have an NFT platform launching soon or possibly already launched, but we can get into that. Michael, would you like to start introducing yourself? Oh, one quick thing as well. I did interview Michael on episode six of the Health Unchained podcast. So it'll be great to get some updates on what you've achieved so far. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for the introduction. So as you said, I'm I'm CEO and founder of Amedis. I'm a doctor, been working in hospital for a long time, also for the pharmaceutical industry, MIT addict, and yeah, basically listen to episode six, it's a copy-paste, so <laughs> still the <laughs> same person. Thanks. And Ben? Yeah, first of all, uh, I was not on episode six, but uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm, I'm a doctor as well. I'm a co-founder of iMedis. I know Michael for quite a while now, and uh, we've been working on the project now for a few years. 
and uh, yeah, we hope to achieve some, 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 you know, let's say revolutionary things. So, and of course, the blockchain is absolutely uh, a great fitting topic um, when you think about revolutionary things, right? Absolutely. And thanks, yeah. thanks guys for joining me from um, wherever you are. I know it's, it's in Europe, Germany or Dubai or something. And I just know it's really late <laughs> where you are. So thanks for joining me so late. Um, and, you know, maybe we can get started with some of just company updates. When we first spoke, Michael, how many employees did you have and how many employees or contractors do you have now? It'd be kind of interesting to no. Yeah, to be honest, I don't remember how many we had when we talked last time. You know, at the, at the moment, we do have a team of 12 fixed employees and we have a bunch of people working as advisors and also on freelancers. So it's it's not a fixed, you know, fixed team size. So we de it depends a little bit on the amount of work that has to be done. So it's really flexible. It's all decentralized. So we are not all in, in Netherlands or Dubai. We are basically spread across the world. So, yeah. Awesome. So on the top of your mind, what do you think is right now the most exciting thing you guys are working on? Yeah. So, you know, in the, in the past, when we spoke first, we, we discussed the medical ecosystem. That was our plan at that time. And we followed it up very strictly. So Ben and I developed, I met us um, with all the e-health applications that we plan to do so that, contains telemedical care that contains appointments prescriptions you know basically all the e-health applications that you can imagine but we added a lot of a lot of new things because time's moving on and there are new demands and then there came covid which was a big effort for everyone not only in the healthcare space but for everyone in the world so new ideas came up and the blockchain technology developed the lab developed further so the, the most exciting thing that we are actually working on is two, there are two things. First, it's a, a NFT marketplace that it's, it, will be, it will be launched this month. It's a marketplace where we uh, offer the possibility to monetize medical and scientific data. So we claim to have the first worldwide first medical and scientific NFT marketplace. I can explain in detail. And the second thing is um, our virtual hospital platform um, that is like basically also B2B service that contains health applications for hospitals and for rehabilitation, including virtual reality and metaverse aspects. So I think that these are the two major or most exciting uh, things that we are actually working on. Interesting. You're saying putting a hospital in the metaverse. Exactly. How does that work? <laughs> yeah, it works. You know, the thing is, Metaverse is a big topic and it's maybe something like the word blockchain three years ago, but for us, it's not just, you know, we are not just following buzzwords. We didn't do that with blockchain, neither do we do it with NFT or, or metaverse. You know, the thing is that especially during COVID, um, it showed up that a lot of people didn't go to hospital. They didn't go to see their doctors because of the fear they had to, to um, get COVID and to maybe die of the disease and so a lot of things weren't properly treated and that included basic disease like you know arterial hypertension or diabetes but that also included rehabilitative care after a stroke after a heart attack after you know 
rehabilitation is very important. A lot of things have not been done. And thus, it showed that uh, the metaverse or however you call it, the virtual reality uh, environment is, is perfect to perform these type of things. And, um, you know, you can always do consultation via the internet. You can speak to people, but moving yourself real environment using the metaverse applications is a completely different things because you see things, you, you experience them in a different way. You can move in there. You can basically simulate things that happen in real life and you can come together with people on different level. And that's, that's what we are following up because when you think about, you know, we want to build the first hospital chain in the metaverse and we are actually doing that. And you can basically think about it like, um, like a 3D game, basically. So imagine one, one application that we are following up is, is a therapy for fear. Let's think about, for example, you have a fear of spiders, arachnophobia. So how do you treat that in real life? You go to a, to a therapist and he talks about this to you and you get in touch with pictures from spiders and maybe in later time you, you can see real animals and in the metaverse and in the virtual reality environment you can get in touch with that on a really different base because you can dose the way you approach patients with these fears and you can simulate certain environments. You can simulate like a jungle, you can simulate a house, you can, you can simulate whatever you like. And so you can, you can basically handwork or, or customize uh, a use case and you can customize therapies for the patient in the metaverse, which we see as a great opportunity. Also in the rehabilitative sector, uh, that we are working on with the World Federation for New Rehabilitation. It is like, um, you know, you do training at home, for example. Uh, and that's good when you follow a video or when you follow uh, a written text, right? But when you, when you experience it in a, in a simulation that really sits you into this position and really shows you how things work out, that is a completely different experience and I think a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, I can just imagine now a, a bathtub full of spiders so I can uh, get my fear mm. taken care of. <laughs> um, I mean, I agree. So that's interesting. Metaverse and just VR technology has potential to help with some of the issues. But how as a company are you? Because that's like a lot of work. I feel like you have the metaverse development for a hospital. I guess that's like happening at the same time you're developing this virtual care pr platform as well as managing an NFT marketplace for science. Um, are you just kind of able to focus on all these at the same time? Or because what I found is a lot of companies are trying to do too much. I just want to understand, like, what is the focus in your opinion right now? Yeah. So the thing is that that was the topic from the beginning. When Ben and I started with that, a lot of people came along and asked us, hey, guys, why are you doing all this stuff at the same time? Why are you just not focusing on a disease, on diabetes? Why are you not focusing on telemedical care? We always said the same thing. We said, guys, that's not possible in healthcare. In healthcare, you know, people are not mm, only one thing. People need, diff they, are, they, are, they are a history or a, or a, or a collection of, of a lot of things, a lot of diseases, a lot of problems, and a lot of things they demand. So you have to offer everything in one place because especially in healthcare, a lot of people that are not in healthcare think, okay, healthcare is a classical market with customers and blah, blah, but that's not the case. Healthcare is not a market, not a real market. You have patients and patients 
have certain things that need to be done. They have diseases that need to be treated. They have problems that need to be addressed. And it's not a classical market. And when you, when, you, when you take a look at healthcare systems as they are, you cannot come along with 20 apps, one for diabetes, one for video chat, one for the metaverse, one for this, one for that. That's not working because when you approach the healthcare system with a software, with a new kind of software, it's got to fit into the existing environment, right? Because hospitals do have their software. Doctors have their software. The pharmaceutical industry has their software. And they cannot just come along and say, hey, guys, throw everything aboard. Here are 20 apps, use them. No one will do it. So you've got to fit into it. And the easiest way to do is it to have one ecosystem like we do that has one user experience, that has one login, that gives you the possibility to connect to the existing uh, IT. And that's what iMedis does. And you offer everything in this one place, which makes it so unique because you only need one, one, basically one experience to get everything. And that's why we offer everything at the same time. Because, you know, the thing is, the time for this is now, okay? E-health and metaverse and nft that is now and you cannot do this in let's say five years ten years then it is much too late this technology has come has come to stay and you now have to execute on it you know but but um i, I know how michael you know things and and what he's saying is maybe a little bit confusing for some people of course we work you know we have some priorities we set some kind of logical infrastructure that you know gives us the some some chronological um, workflows so mm -hmm. generally we started with the ecosystem which generates data of course so if we now speak about an nft marketplace it's just the logical consequence you know it's just the next step because we have the data available and we offer we already work with with a lot of people and want to onboard more and add cooperation partners and then have that marketplace that allows us and them to generate some additional benefits and the metaverse of course is also something that is you know just starting mm -hmm. we see a lot of projects coming up with metaverses this is something that in my opinion will be you know, really uh, mass product and has some 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 standards and quality in maybe five years. You know, so 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 we of course will be working on that like other projects will, and we will definitely seek cooperation in in this space as well. So we are not saying that we can or want to do everything, but we want to have a solution that allows you know, access and a holistic approach to everything. So right. That, right. that's generally the point. Yeah. And, and that makes total sense. I think, you know, data interoperability between the whole healthcare experience, let's call it, it's really a tough challenge. So what you're trying to do is make sure that the entire experience feels the same and there's no disconnection between whether you're in a hospital in real life or in the metaverse or if you're seeing some doctor at your local clinic or something, you want it to, we want the data to flow effectively throughout that. So I can appreciate that. And I, I do understand, Ben, that you mentioned that this will take like five years to do like reach the potential with uh, medical data. So yeah, maybe even longer, right? So it's, it's good to be aware of like the landscape and we'll see how it moves forward. 
So I mean, you know, you know, we all know what technology needs, especially when we speak about AI. You know, to unleash the complete potential of AI, you will need high quality data in masses. But you know, you know, you need a lot of quality data. If you don't have that, you will not achieve what what everybody's talking about. I mean, really to have AI working and giving us a huge benefit. So we have to to unleash these amounts of data in a huge, you know, standardized quality to the markets and to people that work on AI to really make AI shine. You know, so without it, it, it will not work. No, the, the, the good thing about what, what we are very proud of is, I mean, it's right, the, the mass adoption of these kind of technology will take some time. But for Amedis, it's not like, you know, we are not exploring this in, in terms of we are planning to do this. No, we are already doing this. So the NFT marketplace is ready. And we do have the first two trials going on and starting already this year. And it's both in the field of cancer. So there's a real use case already. So it's not mm. in the future. It's happening now. We will, as Ben correctly says, we will, the, the whole power will be unleashed in the future because we are not only doing this as a business case. This is something that will also be scientifically um, accompanied by, by universities and by professionals that are solely focusing on the effects and to generate data about the effects, right? Because as much as you like some ideas in medicine or in science, you always have to take a look What is the outcome in the end? And does it have an advantage towards the things that are, that are done nowadays? And we are very sure there are advantages, but you have to prove it. Thinking is one thing, believing is one thing, but proving is, is another one. So that's what's going to happen in the upcoming time. The same with the metaverse. I mean, the metaverse is not just VR, right? The metaverse has so many aspects, including several things, devices, AR, whatsoever. But we start with the first application already this year in terms of VR. So that's not kind of future music, right? It's happening. It's happening now. That's awesome. Can you talk more about the two trials on the NFT platform and like who's involved, like which universities or organizations are contributing to yeah, that project? Is, mm -hmm. Yeah, the thing is that we will disclose this and we will make bigger announcement with the exact partners and uh, how is it going? We will do this in the in the very near future. Um, it's about cancer. One is a breast cancer project. That is the first thing. The second one is a project with kidney cancer. Um, that's all I want to say at the moment. And we see the good thing about this, you know, the cancer uh, trial is when you take a look at pharmaceutical trials as they're done now, they're mostly financed by the pharmaceutical industry. That's a matter of fact, because, you know, these companies, develop the drugs and they want the results, right? So they, they, they do the trials, but with the NFT marketplace and with the approach that we take, it is possible to do these kind of trials independent from the pharmaceutical industry, which is a fantastic opportunity because you, you are completely independent and on what lev whatever level you, 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 you mean at whatever level you talk about, um, it, is, it is very important to generate this new step right? Because it's important for trust. It's important for data quality. And the way that we approach this in general will reduce certain overhead. That is just a reality in the pharmaceutical industry that you cannot avoid. But with this technology, you can avoid certain things and you can produce much higher data quality than it was before. 
hmm. while being independent. So. so, so that's interesting. I think many would argue that having it so decentralized, it would create worse quality data because there's so much that the pharma companies and the FDA have set up already. They have templates to make sure that the quality is, is good and, and whatever. But if we start to introduce like more independent groups or people doing their own activities and then reporting it back to the NFT marketplace in this like scientific community, maybe you'll have a reputation system. Great. But uh, how are you going to guarantee the same like quality of, of the, the research that's being done? You know, so we said, yeah, sorry, that Michael, maybe missed. Um, it's a B2B marketplace. It's not mm. about people going to the marketplace and offering some kind of, you know, we know, we know the issue of, you know, electronic health records and data, and you know, then you have um, maybe millions of people that have prostate cancer and pregnancy at the same time. So there are so many things that, you know, would would uh, definitely lead to to a messy data. No, it's a B two B marketplace. What does that mean? You have a lot of players in the healthcare space. You have hospitals that have huge amounts of data, you have uh, science facilities, you have universities, you have pharma companies. So, and they already sit in siloed, on siloed information. So at the moment it's, it's, it's done in a way that, let's say somebody wants to set up a trial and needs samples or, or let's say AI companies that need CT scans or- Yeah, let's um, try to be like specific. Let's just use, um you know breast cancer as a as an example and we can kind of work through the process yeah yeah of course let's 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 think about a trial that yeah. you want to set up in, in in these terms and you want to have yeah. uh, some basic information about about you know just comparison data comparison data from different uh perspectives then you will need tissue tissue samples you will need mammographies is that the thing is that we follow G, gcp right we follow good clinical practice when it comes to these kind of of trial design. So it is always done, as Ben said, it's not done by, by some random people. It's done by only with, with accredited partners. That includes research companies, CROs, university hospitals, healthcare providers that guarantee the quality of the data and that guarantee good clinical practice. So this, this makes sure also the, the, the format of the data follows exactly the rules that are that are standards in the pharmaceutical industry without the disadvantages of certain processes when it comes to good clinical practice you have a lot of overhead when it comes to to monitoring when it comes to reporting and stuff like that um this is something that we approach and that is something that we reduce in a way without lowering the quality of the of the entire process right um and the include the, inclu the inclusion of only these these uh, um, professionals make sure that the data that is gathered, the data that is anonymously sold, right? So the patients that are taking a part in this are always opting in. So I meant it's not taking any data from the database. We don't have access to that, but patients can actively opt in to participate in that. And they provide their data to research facilities that are making sure that this data has certain structure and that this data has a certain quality, right? And thus generating only high quality data NFTs. That's what I can say about this is yeah, a little bit uh, superficial. You wanted, more, yeah. you, you wanted it more specific, right? 
I think, yeah, if, if you can get dive deeper, I think it'd be interesting for the it's, audience. Actually, it's it's a very simple uh, thing to, to understand. You, you need, I mean, a trial uh, consists of a, of a variety of information from different uh, fields and maybe a lot of different healthcare institutions and departments have um, parts of your information. You know, you people that have the radiological images, some that have the samples, laboratories, whatever, hospitals. So actually all these informations are valuable. And now institutions can come up and say, okay, we have, for example, you know, certain data points, like we have uh, 10,000 CT scans of people with a certain condition mm -hmm. and release them to the NFT marketplace or the, the, the an institution can can seek for these information actively say, okay, we need those kind of informations with these specifications and they can be you know, directly deployed to the marketplace and then transferred from one stakeholder to the other. And, you know, everyone can, can, you know, it is not only secure, it is of course traceable. So you can see where your information is going. And let's say you are a small research facility that has done some work on data and transfers these data to some some other companies, then they will get their royalties when these information is forwarded to an, to 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 the next um, institution. So um, actually, it can be seen similar to data, especially when you come to research data. It is some kind of like you know compared to art or music that we know in 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 the NFT space. It, it is intellectual property. I'm just trying to also clarify. So if it's a B2B sort of NFT marketplace and the NFTs, will they be this data basically? Is it going to be owned by patients or will the hospitals and health systems be taking ownership of that data and trading it and making money and, off of it? And generally, we reflect the existing uh, situation. Now, at the moment, okay. when you see like pharmaceutical companies... You know, um, so pharmaceutical companies at the moment they have contracts with the with the patients, hospitals as well. So, so at this stage, the institution is already owner of the data. You know, um, so therefore, they, there can be, you know, a contract between a pharmaceutical company and patients that those data then will be released to an NFT marketplace, and they participate them. Uh, they participate as well. Um, so yeah, you can set up smart contracts that organize. That's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, typically well. a lot, a lot of, uh, healthcare blockchain talk is about data ownership from the patient, yeah. having the patient own the data. But the reality is right now, these health systems and the pharma companies or clinical sites are actually owning that data yes. that they, they, yes. they generate by measuring. Absolutely. Or Absolutely. So, so maybe it is a little bit um, premature to say that patients should own all the data, but maybe there could be a way that the data is, is shared or there's ownership by the patient, but they allow, they delegate the hospital to manage their data so that they can, so the hospital gets a share of the cut, a little bit of profit, and the patient might get a share for sharing it. So there could be these complex smart contracts in place uh, that definitely. can work really well with what you guys are definitely, trying to do. Definitely, Yeah, I mean, um, we thought about, for example, let's say uh, hospitals in um, less developed regions, and if they want to participate in these data trades, they can gather 
data in in by incentivizing their patients, of course, you know, um, offering them either parts of these revenues, or maybe let's say, for example, a hospital offers a free treatment uh, and wants to get paid by data, and then mm-hmm. and then processes these data on the NFT marketplace. Mm. So. Actually, we will. This is something we will. We just offer the platform. How these things will be done is up to the market. So that's that's what we think about. Yeah, you know, the good thing is is basically maybe a more um, people focused issue. You know, when we talk about um, pharmaceutical trials in the United States or in Germany or in France, it's quite well organized, and you know, when people come to research facilities and try a new drug, they get paid for it and they are well paid for it. And, you know, it's well observed. But when you go to third world countries, let's talk about Bangladesh, let's talk about Africa, you know, um, a lot of people are being exploited for their data. You know, they are even taking part in pharmaceutical trials where they don't know that they are part of a pharmaceutical trial. And they're by far not participated in that. And with this kind of technology that we use these people are always participated in the revenues you cut out a lot of intermediaries and the blockchain makes it impossible to to change the data or to to fraud out the people you know because everyone every time the nft is used every time the nft is sold on there is a certain royalty that's paid to the patient and imagine it doesn't matter where the patient comes from Is he coming from Monaco or from Manhattan? Doesn't matter. Maybe he comes from Africa. He comes from Bangladesh. They always get the same amount of money paid for this data because people are equal all over the world. It's not about, you know, Mm -hmm. that that these people are exploited, which is a big issue. And that's an issue that in especially here in the in the in the richer parts of the world is not so uh, so much uh, anticipated. You know, people don't think about it, but that's happening. Every t- every every year, and you know, people are saying, "Okay, it's far from me. It's happening. I don't know. I, I don't have any insights. I don't. I don't believe that there is something wrong. But there are a lot of things wrong. And this this is part of the solution. I don't say it will solve all the issues, uh, but it's part of the solution. Interesting. So that makes sense a little bit. So we have this, you know, marketplace that you're developing, but how it's used is really not up to you. It's dependent on the the users. So you're just creating that infrastructure for them. That's your plan. And so I guess one question I have is which blockchain protocol are you are you building on top of? I may, might have asked you last time, but is it the same one? No, it's not. We, we Initially, we went with Ethereum, with the Ethereum blockchain. Now we're going with the Binance Smart Chain, but mm-hmm. we're already working on cross-chain solutions. So to go multi-chain, and I think this is the future for a lot of blockchain companies. Um, it's for now the Binance Smart Chain. While we are using for our private blockchain that is inside the system, we are using Quorum. How was your experience done with, with those protocols? Binance? I mean, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, Binance is, is, is good because it's fast. It's cheap. Um, I mean, it's an Ethereum fork, right? So it's, it's basically the same technology, but it's much better because especially when it comes to NFTs, I mean, look at the marketplace, OpenSea, Rarible, et cetera. You pay crazy amounts of gas for minting an NFT. That's just not practical. You cannot do this, especially when it comes to these kind of scientific research. You cannot cannot uh, push people to pay these kind of amounts. So we decided clearly against this. 
and said, okay, we now go with for Binance Smart Chain. And although in the in the, in the area of NFTs, it doesn't there I mean, it, it, not, nothing is one hundred percent perfect, but for us now, it's the it's the it's a very good product, and yeah, we are continuously working on that to expand it. Although we know it's it's not that decentralized, maybe blockchainers will have problems with that. But of course, as Michael said, we are working on on uh, cross-chain solutions and, and will be multi-chain in the future. So, um, but at the moment, it's it's the the best case for people that want to work or invest into in blockchain solutions. Yeah. Do you think that? You know, Ethereum being expensive now, over time, do you think the fees will go down to a level where you might go back to Ethereum, or do you, I mean, because yeah, of the decentralization? Yeah, I think it's I think it's, I think it's a it's inevitable that Ethereum fixes mm -hmm. that issue. I mean, Ethereum mm -hmm. is one of the best cryptocurrencies and one of the best protocols. There's no discussion about it. I think everyone will agree. And I mean, Ethereum has come to to stay, and it, I, I think it will go down there with a new with a new. Uh, versions and with a change to proof of stake, there will be a, a fixing of these issues. I'm pretty sure about that. But at the moment, I mean, we have to work now. So for now, that's the fact. Welcome to the Health Unchained News Corner. One of the largest pharma companies in the world, Sanofi, recently announced a $270 million deal with French AI and precision medicine company Alkin. This two-part deal includes a $180 million equity investment in the company, as well as a $90 million discovery and development partnership that spans over the next three years. The collaboration will focus on leveraging its digital clinical research platform, with federated learning AI in four different cancer areas, non-small cell lung cancer, triple negative breast cancer, mesothelioma, and multiple myeloma. The efforts will aim to optimize clinical trial design and detect predictive biomarkers for diseases and treatment outcomes. Sanofi will leverage the Alkin platform in order to find new biomarkers and therapeutic targets building prognostic models, and predicting response to treatment from multimodal patient data. Sanofi's investment will support Alkin's development and goal to grow the world's leading histology and genomic cancer database from top oncology centers. Arnaud Robert, Executive Vice President and Chief Digital Officer at Sanofi, said, Alkin's unique methodology, which applies AI on patient data from partnerships within multiple academic medical centers, supports our ambition to leverage data in innovative ways in R&D. This deal is an important validation moment for Alkin as it builds its federated learning network for drug discovery collaborations with other pharmas. Alkin is also the head technology developer for the Melody Consortium, which is funded in part by the European Innovative Medicines Initiative. To learn more about the company, have a listen to episode 81, where I interview the chief product officer of Alkin, Matthew Gaultier. You can find the link to the Sanofi press release in the show notes. And now back to our episode with the leaders of Amedis. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the feedback that you've received from your users, be that the, you know, the businesses that you're working with, some of the patients that are using it. Um, can you just share some 
things that they don't like, some things that they like, some things you've learned that has caused you to change or pivot some of the work you've done, anything like that? Yeah, to be honest, um, Ben and I, we awaited more trouble. We awaited more people saying, guys, this is shit, that's not working. I want it in a different way. We didn't get, uh, no, not, not nothing, but we, we got very low criticism on the system as it is. And I think we are, we are the, 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 the hardest critis, critics when it comes to our system because we see when you use the, the app, you can download it in the, in the store, in the app store or in the play store. When you, you can use it on the web, there are a lot of things that have to be improved and that are actually improved when it comes to user experience, when it comes to, um, to teaching people how to use the system. So when you enter the system now, it's still quite empty. So you really have to figure it out a little bit on your own, which is not the best thing. So we, we are improving that heavily, but we got very, very few critics from the, from the people using it, uh, especially from doctors, nurses, pharmacies. No one said, hey guys, it's not good. I mean, when you, when you, when you look at the, at the app downloads in the place, so there are some people giving critics like, you know, email in this and this format is not working or uh, there are a lot of word issues. There were some guys from, especially in Germany, they said, oh, the, the German language is not good or there are some, these and these issues, but small things, but no, not when it comes to the core of the idea. So, so far it's, it's good. And I, but we are always happy about criticism, constructive criticism and people that say, hey guys, Maybe you should do it this and that way. So we're open for that. But so far, it's working well. Yeah. And did you mention that you have the app ready in multiple languages as well? Yes. It's 11 languages at the moment. In that's the quite app, impressive Apple by Store. itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Uh, I can imagine the, the work that went, went into that. So nice job. Um, Thank you very much. Can you also kind of share with the audience... You have the Amedis company, but you also have the Amedis Foundation. Um, is that a separate entity? And what is the work that they're doing there? It's not a separate entity, not yet. Um, you know, we have two, two companies. One is in the Netherlands, one is in Dubai. And we're actually um, setting up the Dubai company as the mother company. And we will put all the other companies below it. Just from a practical point of view, Dubai is a great hub for Whatever you do in technology, the UAE government is fantastically supporting it. And there are so many bright minds and it's a, it's a great gate to Africa, to Asia, to everywhere in the world. So that's, that's our focus. Um, yeah. Got it. That's interesting. And maybe we can talk more about the IDO that's coming up. Uh, can you explain to the audience like what that's all about? What is an IDO? And... You know, why are you launching that? So basically, uh, we are doing an IEO and IDO together. So the IDO is taking place by a trust swap um, uh, with Securitans, and the IEO is taking place via the Probit platform. And we are publicly selling our Amedis token that we have issued, and we are still now in the in the final pre-sale seed phase, while the pre-sale is already sold out and. Um, so the token has a big user, um, a big usability inside the system. So people can pay with it while getting um, discounts for the services. Uh, it's a utility token, it's a social token because inside the social uh, network that we are actually also developing, but that's something that is that is being being developed um, 
in the background for now and it's coming out next year um, where people participate in the in the social interaction and the work they do the metaverse will also play a big role in this so it's a little bit more complex to explain but the social token aspect i think every one of you knows what the social token term that means so participation in these kind of interactions and work that is done um it's we we offer governance to the people that that are holding the token when it comes to functionalities when it comes to certain decisions for the platform for the for the social aspects for the metaverse um it's a DeFi token not yet but will be a DeFi token in uh co cooperation with the nft marketplace because imagine that when i ask you for example any one of you guys what do you think um is the value of a medical record that contains data from a patient with a heart disease, with a diabetes, with an arterial hypertension, with this and this and this medication. What's the price for that? People would say, yeah, the price might be high, but I cannot tell you because the price of medical data is basically an average of the, of the money that was invested into a trial, right? So you say, I put so and so many billion dollars into a trial. And by the end, we had so and so many patients and so and so much data. And the average price of this is this and this result, right? Logical but you don't know a real price. And with the NFT marketplace, not from the beginning, but after some time, we will be able to put a price tag on the NFTs. That's a great opportunity because no one has done it before. Put a price tag on NFTs so that you can say an NFT that contains cancer data maybe has this and that price. I, I really simplify it now, right? Or a, a, a file that contains this and that information, revaccination or whatsoever has this and that price. And at that moment, you can price your data that you have. Because in medicine, medicine is, there's so much data lying around that has a really high value. And then you can leverage your data against, against values. That's a big opportunity for poor countries, but basically an opportunity for everyone in the space, right? That makes it a DeFi project too, a medical DeFi project. Um, so we say it's a payment, utility token, social token, governance, and DeFi aspect. So that's why we issued the token. We see a high value in this. Um, and that's what we are selling. And that's what we want people to use. Also the professional side. So people that are holding the token can stake it. Professional institutions that hold the token get several advantages on the platform. They get certain services cheaper or for free. They can advertise on the platform much, much cheaper as if they wouldn't have the token. So there is a high motivation to hold the token. And very important, that is also under development. Let's talk about the decentralization of the, of the, of the blockchain that we have in the background. Um, sure. You know, the, the thing is we want to participate people in holding notes on their smartphone. Let, for example, I do have an iPhone and it has 512 gigabytes of space. Because I thought maybe it's a good idea to have a lot of space on the smartphone, which is actually not true because I'm only using 40 gigabyte and I have 480 gigabytes free on my smartphone. That would be the perfect use case to decentralize nodes and certain kind of data, encrypted data, and participate people that offer their space with, with a token. So you have a motivation to help decentralize the network and getting incentivized for it, right? So that's also an intrinsic motivation to offer your space and to participate in this token uh, as a token holder. Yeah. And I, I think that's interesting that you're doing a IDEO, which is initial decentralized exchange offering, as well as an IEO, which is just an initial exchange offering. So exactly. Okay. 
And the just want to clarify. So the exchange part, the initial, the IEO is the NFT exchange. Is that right? No, no, no. It's, no. it's, it's all about the token. You know, we want to put, um, we don't, I guess, what is it just token. one token or are there multiple tokens? It's just one token, just one yeah. token. Yeah. We don't want to put it instantly on a decentralized exchange for several reasons. It's also a technical approach on that, but we see uh, centralized exchange still as a very important factor uh, in the stability of a token. So we want to combine this, right? We want to offer this. We're also using it as a marketing instrument, right? Because it has a broad, we, we want a lot of token holders. We want people to actively use the token and we want to approach them from as many angles as possible. That includes centralized exchanges, that includes the decentralized aspect, and that's why we combine IEO and IDO. Hmm. Will you be giving away some tokens to your existing users as an incentive to continue using the platform? Uh, yes, yes, definitely. Um, that, that is still to be discussed in, in what form we will do that, but it's definitely on our plan, yeah. Interesting. Very cool. So, so many places to go here. And I'm just wondering, like, <laughs> what you think is very relevant right now for you know your users and also for potential future users and i do appreciate that you mentioned it's important to think about the third world countries or or places where there is no good healthcare system that is stable um because some people are being taken advantage of in clinical trials without their awareness um we want to increase the diversity in the types of participants in the trials but we also want to make sure that they're fully aware of what they're involving themselves in so Absolutely, um, yeah. this can potentially be a way to do that, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, you know, the thing is that um, you say it correctly. It's, it's really important to address the third world countries, but also the, the so-called industrialized countries. And I, I, know I don't like these differentiations because everyone in the world has the same right to get the same type of, of uh, health care. And, you know, but it's, it is like it is. Um, also in the industrialized countries, especially when you look at the United States or when you look at Germany or France, healthcare systems are in big trouble. You know, people are getting older. They have a lot of comorbidities that comes with aging. Uh, fewer people that are young and paying into the systems. And for example, in Germany, I mean, as, as, as much as Corona is hitting the healthcare system, a lot of hospitals are shutting down, but there are still people that have diseases and there are people, it's a growing growing group of people that have chronic diseases that need health care so what is the solution in the end e-health is one part of the solution it's not the the only solution or the sole solution because there are a lot of things that still have to be improved also in industrialized countries but e-health is part of the solution and you know people are much more mobile today you know when you for example um you you travel to turkey you travel to thailand you travel to australia your chronic disease travels with you. So you cannot rely on a, on a healthcare system that is solely focused on your country. That is not helping you when you're abroad. And that is what IMEDIS also addresses. So you can, um, you have your data with you, you have this healthcare with you. You have all these functionalities, the plethora of, of opportunities that IMEDIS offers you are always with you, even in a plane, even when you're in a self-driving car, wherever you go, IMEDIS is with you. And, and I think that's, that's one of the, the great challenges that future healthcare will have. And we will address, we, we are supporting this. Very good. Um, I just took a look at the 
Google Play Store, uh, an Android store. So I do a search on Ametis and I see three apps actually. Ametis, which has 100,000 downloads and it's for health and fitness. And then there's a Ametis QM and then there's an Ametis ICU. Uh, exactly, yeah. So the Ametis app with 100,000, that's, I'm assuming, just for like consumers and patients. Yeah, it's, it's more than 100,000. It's The next step will be more than 500,000 because Google Play Store has right, these kind estimated. of steppings, you know, right? Yeah. So, but um, the, the, the Ametis app without any uh, uh, addendum is the main app. ICU and QM are basically part of it's their professional tools. They're not for the for the patient. So they're for hospitals, quality management, and intensive care unit where you can um, um, determine beds or you can register free beds when it comes to ventilation or that's that's solely for hospitals. But these apps will be incorporated into Amedis Virtual Hospital. So in the end, there will only be one app. Understood. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. I just wasn't sure. Um, very good. I think we covered a lot today. Is there anything specific you wanted else to, to share with the, the group, the community here? Uh, yes. Um, so we would be happy that everyone downloads the app and if someone has ideas or input or whatever, please let us know. We are very open and very happy about, about, um, external input. So, yeah. That's awesome. And I think the NFT marketplace can really revolutionize the way we view and value data. So thank you for, for your work. And I wish you guys the best of luck. We'll be tracking you for sure. Um, and hopefully another three years or so, we'll, we'll add you back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Ray. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks you very much. Hey, all you cyberpunk health warriors and nimble digital disruptors. Check out healthunchained.org. And remember to subscribe to Health Unchained on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. Join the Health Unchained community on our Telegram group, t.me slash healthunchained. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends, your bosses, your teams, your students to listen and subscribe. Thank you.